0: And I'm Erin McCourt. Thank you for joining us today. We are celebrating Pride Month. Yep. And as such, we've decided to do a classic documentary this week Paris is Burning. This was done in 1990. So, possibly before some of you were born, which <laughs> makes me feel geriatric. Right. Um, <laughs> it's one hour and 11 minutes. And I found this on HBO Max, probably because it's Pride Month.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. We thought we were going to have to rent it, which is not a big deal, or buy if you're so inclined. But, yeah, when we went back to watch it, it was available on the streamings without having to pay extra monies. So, I'll take it.
0: Even better. Mm-hmm. This documentary, it's by Jenny Livingston.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it covers what they call the ball I have no words today I mean it's the scene right so think
1: ball scene thank you right so think Harlem think the first date we get in this is 1987 and it's kind of like what was going on there and kind of the I don't know community that mostly brown drag queens and gay people and yeah you know the community they made for themselves
0: yeah gay black and latin men
1: mm-hmm. predominantly Mostly.
0: yeah and yeah this took place in new york mm-hmm. but the way they talk even though this was in 1987 it had been going on for decades right and had just kind of evolved over time mm-hmm. and i really really want to see some from like the 60s and 70s I, know. I think it'd be amazing right So, I mean, this was probably started off really
1: underground, right? And so, Mm. I mean, this is what happens when people don't fit in anywhere else. They make their own stuff. And it was fucking amazing. Oh, my God, yes. You kind of get the sense as you watch this that we're getting a watered-down version of what it used to be. Mm -hmm. But still, it's pretty fantastic to be able to watch the people and the artistry and the care that they've put into you know, walking in these balls, it's really, I don't know, I've, I've never been to anything like this. So it would have been nice to have been around and know about it at the time. It would have been really cool to see a fly in the wallet and watch people who are really into something, you know, who are really right. in their element. That would have been really cool to see because it's right. very, it's a huge departure from anything, again, that I've ever been a part of. So, Agreed.
0: This opens with a ball mm-hmm. and these scenes from the ball and you see... Pepper Beja, Yeah. And she walks in and she's in like this gold outfit that is I I don't even have words to describe it. It's, I mean, it's
1: so poofy. It's so poofy. It's so poofy. And I mean, like, think avant-garde, runway fashion. This is not really something you'd wear out to mm-hmm. an event unless it was extremely formal. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of what it was, right? It was supposed to be really eye-catching and not shocking Mm -hmm. per se, but just really like impress upon you the detail and the confidence she has as she's walking with this is stunning. She's stunning.
0: Oh, absolutely. yeah. And the confidence is something that I can't even imagine. Like she walks in and I would cower. Honestly, I would literally cower. It was just Mm -hmm. a sight to behold. Headdress and everything. Mm -hmm. And... As she's walking, the outfit's changing because she takes some of the poofy sleeves off Mm -hmm. and then she takes like a jacket thing off and it's a whole different dress. Right. And oh my God. One, I can't even imagine how long it takes to get ready. Oh, yeah. Two, I hope it's not the summertime because summertime in New York is hot (laughs) and humid and she had to get there and she was Mm -hmm. probably sweating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. These are things that I think about, which is why I dress probably the way I dress. Right. I'm definitely
1: a wash and wear kind of girl. So um, right. I think we're on the same kind of page there. But yeah, Pepper comes in and she's, this is performance art really is what this mm-hmm. is. It's it's part fashion, it's part confidence, and it's part delivery. Oh my God. And mm-hmm. so the scene is, um, I don't know, like I'm thinking like, in a, like a sporting event and you can see the playing field or the the walkway where they are is kind of in the middle and there's seats and chairs all the way around there's like mm-hmm. a judges they're kind of up on a platform mm-hmm. and there's like an announcer and there's music playing so it's something that you can kind of walk to in a lot of these cases and there's just people everywhere so there's like a balcony in some of these there's like people almost hanging over and like Cat calling. it's mostly supportive right there are some shitty things right. like booing and that kind of thing but mostly mm-hmm. it's just like drumming up of really high energy so you right. know you are walking through this as a performer and that's kind of what it is and it's just it's just outrageous like again in, in a really good way but it's amazing to watch these folks and the nerve that they must have to mm-hmm. pull it off
0: I don't know well One person, Dorian Corey, later on had explained that it's like a drug, right? Mm -hmm. You get high off of the energy and off of the emotion and off of the praise. And when you win, it's even more. Mm -hmm. And you get addicted to that high, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: a much healthier high than, say, heroin. Yeah. (laughs) But an addiction, nonetheless, is the way it was described. And I can completely understand Mm -hmm. that. I think that's how a lot of people describe entertainment. Right. They are the one doing the entertaining, Mm -hmm. right? So, Pepper LaBeja is the mother of House LaBeja. Now, Mm -hmm. she did not form this house. Mm -hmm. She is just the current, at the time of filming, head of the house. Crystal LaBeja was actually the The founder. founder. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. She's been doing this for 20 years at the point Mm -hmm. of filming. So, she's been around a hot minute. Yes. And it's 20
0: years. So, that would have been the late 60s. Yeah, that she started this yeah. performance and they discussed that back when they started doing it it kind of changes over time right mm-hmm. so they wanted to emulate say marilyn monroe mm-hmm. just beautiful actresses in that right and they also talk about how it was almost like a show you would go over the top like a show mm-hmm. right so at the conception of this i mean it
1: was like giant headdresses and Mm-hmm. wigs that were really tall and that kind of thing because it, it started with maybe that showgirl theme or at least that's where they talk about it at the beginning and then you know maybe the next generation comes in and it's like old Hollywood glamour and everybody wants to look like Monroe or you know Rita Hayward or whatever so you know it's kind of keeping up with the times as it were and then at the point we're at now it's kind of morphing into dynasty you want to look like the characters from Dynasty, which is hysterical yes. to me, yes, um, because that's that's what opulence is. That's what right. success is. These are, this is a fantasy for people to live out, and so they really go for it, which is so fun to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: I love how throughout the documentary they talk to people. So we meet a lot of different house members, mm-hmm. house mothers. So different houses that are mm-hmm. involved in this. They were speaking to some people. And talking about how, especially in the 80s, and even now, I'm sure being gay is not exactly fitting in, right? right? And so it can be a very difficult life to get through. And so going to the balls, you feel like you belong, you are 100%, you feel right. And everything's okay for that short period Mm -hmm. of time. And it's just probably you could walk in and just a sigh of relief and comfort, I'm sure acceptance finally in
1: a place where Mm -hmm. you know people are made to feel different and awkward and bad and wrong and all this Mm -hmm. and they go to the balls and everybody's there for the same reasons Mm -hmm. I love the idea that there's a place for you to go and you just
0: feel like yourself no judgment Mm -hmm. nope that's really cool well there is judging but not judgment yeah there you go yeah (laughs) yeah so They started off with, like we said, a few categories. And as this has evolved, they have categories for everything. So originally it was mostly for drag queens to get Mm -hmm. dressed up. But not everyone who is gay wants to dress like a woman. Listen, I don't blame you. I don't want to fucking dress like a woman. (laughs) So they have all of these other categories. And I think what was the most interesting to me was how some of them were just how well can you pass as... This, like the Mm -hmm. realness of being a woman, Mm -hmm. being a straight man, Mm -hmm. being a schoolboy, my favorite, absolute favorite category because it just cracked me up that it was even a category: town and country.
1: Yeah, I wrote that one down too because I'm like, what does this mean? But yeah, they had pretty girl was one, Mm -hmm. luscious body, that was another Mm -hmm. one, schoolboy, school girl, town and country definitely made my list. Executive realness, where you just dress like Gordon Gecko, or
0: whatever. <laughs> yep.
1: The military scene. So these were people like dressed in like the dress outfits for Marines or whatever, and they didn't show any sailors. But I have to believe that there were probably some pretty tight sailor outfits.
0: I hope um, so. Bell bottoms, just a glorious. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, you know who I'm thinking of when we talk about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> High fashion evening wear. Mm-hmm. So these are like women in like full length fur coats. And, you know, that was a thing. It it seems weird to me now because, A, that's a lot of weight. But, you know, fur is yes. not really as fashionable anymore. But I mean, they were just decked out. Yes. And I loved it. It was so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And the, again, the strut and the kind of looking down your nose at the crowd.
0: I mean, like, it, it's just they really lean into it and it's really fun. It is. Yeah. One of the categories was Miss Cheesecake. And I'm glad that later someone (laughs) described it because I'm like, the fuck is that? And they said, you must not only have a good body, but also be sexy. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. I've seen people who have amazing bodies who are very awkward or (laughs) just don't Don't talk about my
1: people like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I thought that was good that they described it for me because I was Mm -hmm. very confused by that. One of the other categories was, and this is a mouthful, butch queen first time in drag at a ball. Right. Okay. That that doesn't fit on a sign anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I'm not sure what that means. I mean, the first time in drag at a ball I get, but butch queen, is that like you dress like a drag queen, but you have a beard still? Is that what Uh, we're talking about? I mean- I don't know. I didn't get a great explanation
1: and I did not take the time to look that up. I was probably too busy scribbling down like town and country and whatever. There was one about (laughs) the Poconos versus the Caskills. I mean, you know, so you're wearing like whatever J. Crew or Eddie Bauer looking stuff. and It was just hysterical.
0: (laughs) It is like have a horse crop and shit. Oh my God. But. They do, in part of these categories, like I said, is they're trying to be the most real. Mm-hmm. And they talk about if you can pass as a straight man, as a woman, period, if you're trans, if you can pass, your life is kind of easier. Right. So... It was interesting to see that, yes, these are different categories and yes, some people really dressed up, but some people, this was how they were living their lives. Mm -hmm. People like Venus Extravaganza, Mm -hmm. she was living as a woman. As a woman. Yeah. Very tiny, very petite and thin, blonde hair, light skin, Mm -hmm. beautiful woman. And that's how she was living. So she could pass. But one of the things that they would do to check for realness, what did they do, Erin, for If you were trying to pass as a woman in this competition,
1: what did they do? Well, they were feeling your skin. They were like, is it soft? Is it soft? (laughs) And I'm like, I hope I would pass. I mean,
0: I am also living as a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, I know some women whose skin looks like scales. So it's not a real (laughs) indicator of femininity. But I myself use so much lotion every day. So right. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. But yeah, some of the things they were doing, like one person was being like uh, an evening wear for men and had a fur coat on, which was again, acceptable even for men then. Right. And someone else who was trying to make it so they could win mm-hmm. told the judges that that coat was a women's fur coat. Mm-hmm. and it was so funny to watch him. He's like, the buttons are on the right or the left. Right. Where are the buttons for a man's coat? I don't know. I think they're on the right.
1: I think he said they are on the right. So yeah. Yeah. To prove it was a man's coat. Right. But the damage had been done, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's already it's kind of a disparaging and like he's stomping around and yes. oh my God. Again, somebody just ruined his day because he wasn't able to, you know, kind of proceed in the way mm-hmm. that he wanted to. But uh yeah, it's a huge deal to walk in these.
0: Yep. So let's talk a little bit about the houses. Okay. I think it was Pepper Labesia that had discussed that a lot of these kids, when they come out as gay, mm-hmm. they get rejected by their families. Yep. And they have nowhere else to go. A lot of them ended up homeless in New York. And these houses were places for them to go And be part of a family again. You had a mother of the house. Some of them had a father of the house as well. That just kind of Mm -hmm. did what a mother and father would do. And take care of these kids. Right. Who would also perform at the balls. Yeah. I just think it's, aside from the ball scene. I think it is beautiful that they were able to help some of these people. And some of these kids survive in a very difficult world. And help Mm -hmm. them grow and move forward. I also think it's heartbreaking that they had to be in that situation to begin with.
1: I a hundred percent agree. That's definitely an undercurrent of this. Like these became a thing out of necessity. People are banding together. People Mm -hmm. are trying to take care of their own because society has completely rejected these kids. It's not just your family. It's everybody. And so, you know, some of the older folks that are in this, you know, people flock to them and like, you know, I think there's a gap in like a kind of a hole in this the younger people and so they're looking mm-hmm. for guidance and affection and you know, just approval. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But, you know, the older generations are able to maybe smooth the way for these kids a little bit. I mean, there are some discussions mm-hmm. about, well, you know, the ball scene is such that people will go out and steal. So they can come and walk in these, walk in the balls and they'll, they'll come in there starving because, you know, it's more important to them to put on a good show at the ball rather than eat. And it's just like, this is what we've done to children. This is, this Mm -hmm. is the choices that we've made as a, you know, as a society and as adults that
0: children have to make these kinds of choices. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. I totally agree. Mm Mm-hmm. In talking to people for this documentary, a couple of the kids that she talks to, one was 13 and one was 15 mm-hmm. years old. And this is like it's like two, three in the morning in New York City, out on the right. street. Right. So these
1: are street interviews that she's doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, they talk about one is 13, one is 15, and you know, why are you out here? And they're like, because you know, this is the thing we want to do. And they're just the freshest little baby faces. And just so full of hope and like so smiley and like completely in their element. And one is from Brooklyn and one is from Queens or whatever. And it's just like, oh, they do have pretty awesome accents, though. They do, and they are adorable, <laughs> they are really sweet. And
0: one of them lived with his mother, mm-hmm. and the other one essentially had been kicked out. Yeah. Right, his family yeah. wanted nothing to yeah. do with him. And I just look at him, and I'm like, oh my god, my older son is 13 or my younger mm-hmm. son is 13. And it breaks my heart to think of him living like that. People say that if you have a kid who's gay or trans or part of the LGBTQIA plus community, that you failed as a parent. And I don't think that's true. I think if you disown that child because of it, then you failed as a parent, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know who among us doesn't want acceptance and love from those that we're closest to, so... I think part of my job as a parent is to, you know, put my expectations for my child aside, my two children. They don't, they're not extensions of me. They're, you know, I am a whole separate person. Their own people. Yeah. And so, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, you know, my job as a parent, in my opinion, is to guide them to be the best that they can be. And, you know, how they reflect on me is sort of secondary at best. Right. I don't know. You know, it's, it's tough. I just, I can't imagine a situation where I kick a
0: kid out. I can't either. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing of this whole documentary, which is stupid, but it's just because (laughs) uh, I am who I am, is they discuss a house is a gay street gang. (laughs) I saw that And all I could think of was, like, West Side Story? (laughs) And they're like, they fight by walking as opposed Mm -hmm. to fighting in the streets, right? Like, break I mean, yeah. that's what I thought of. I thought, like, break When they, they got to the the later part where they're voguing, like, this is how we fight. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've seen that movie. Yeah.
1: Okay, so everybody knows the Madonna song, right? Vogue. I don't know mm-hmm. when that came along in the scheme of all this. I, 1990. Okay. so voguing's been around for a minute before Madonna gets a hold of it. But, like, mm-hmm. the moves these people are doing, and it's, I, I didn't necessarily, they say it's sort of, At each other. Like you're trying to out move. Um, But it doesn't look like that when you're watching them. It looks like they're just doing their own thing. And it just happens to be Mm -hmm. that they're close-ish to each other. It Mm -hmm. is amazing to watch. They're on the floor. They're doing all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. They talk about... It's a way to bring... So they talk about reading, which is... It was very difficult for me to separate reading and shade. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So to talk about reading is more of a, of a conversation. So it's almost like they've been able to take the slurs that people throw at them mm-hmm. and find humor in it and use it in a way to be humorous with one another. Right. Right. It's like improv sarcasm, right? Like you
1: insult somebody's mm-hmm. dress, you insult somebody's hair, mm-hmm. but you do it in a kind of sarcastic, fun way. Not, uh, I mean, I'm sure there can be cutting comments, But it's not, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you're not up in their face. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's more of a hidden aggression. (laughs) I don't know. And shade is when you just look at somebody with some kind of look where you know, they know that you're looking at their biggest flaw. And that's it. That's what shade was. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. Okay.
0: Right. So that's where shade came from. Mm -hmm. So reading became shade and shade became voguing. Voguing was (laughs) a way... To give shade. They said the person who danced the best was giving the best shade. Mm-hmm. In my
1: wildest dreams, I could not get my leg over my shoulder to Vogue like that.
0: It was crazy. So it's, to me, it looks like breakdancing meets modeling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? But they, they talk about Egyptian hieroglyphics <laughs> meets modeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how a riding style worked its way into mm-hmm. this, but You know, if that's how they describe it, then by golly, that's what the fuck it is. They strive for perfect lines and awkward poses and positions. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what a weird combination.
1: So, you know, it's about balance. It's about you got to make it look easy. So right Mm -hmm. there, I'd be out. You can't (laughs) topple over when you're trying to hold something on one leg. You know, that kind of thing.
0: No, you would get points deducted for that. You have a very, very serious face. Just deadpan mm-hmm. face all the
1: time mm-hmm. and that made me laugh a lot too and then the commentator or like the announcer is like don't you touch each other if you touch each other, because they're right next to each other like <laughs> if you touch each other <laughs> yeah. you're gonna be disqualified or whatever and you're like oh my god don't touch don't like brush a sleeve it's crazy i know but i can't imagine like watching this in real life i'd be like all sweaty and like nervous for everybody
0: but i bet they're really really good at twister
1: i mean Again, the athleticism. Like, one guy was doing handstands and headstands and stuff. Right? Yeah. Oh,
0: my goodness. Mm -hmm. I did look up a little bit about voguing and how they felt about Madonna. Okay, good. Taking it
1: because... (laughs) Again, here we are. White people taking over shit that doesn't belong. White people
0: take everything. (laughs) I know. Fucking re-ruin everything. But, so it was a little bit of a mixed bag. Right. So she came out with it in 1990, but she had learned it from them having been part of, you know, she's always actually been a pretty big advocate for, you know, gay community. Mm-hmm. You know, she was trying to do it respectfully. She worked with them. A couple of them are actually in the video and helped create mm-hmm. this. And they saw it as, oh, look, we finally made her mark. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people saw it as cultural appropriation. Right. right? understandably, because some people benefited from it and other people didn't. Mm -hmm. And now she's getting credit for something and that she never claimed to have invented, but it doesn't matter because it's what is perceived.
1: Well, she's a big star. So, and that was a Mm -hmm. huge hit, but I will say, I mean, she did come up in New York, right? She was a New York, not a native. So it would not surprise me if she had gone to the source. She seems like that kind of person. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she right. went to the source, and that's how she got her English accent, but,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they give them out after you've been there for a couple of years. They well, I'm hoping one. that I can,
1: you know, if I drink some more tea, then I just get my citizenship. That's how I plan
0: on going about it. You're not drinking the right tea. You have to drink PG Tips to get <sighs> oh, that. Fine. I'm telling you. But, yeah, I can see both sides. I can mm-hmm. see where some people are like, oh, this is great. Now people know mm-hmm. about this, and other people are like, fuck you. I've been doing this for years. Who do you think you are?
1: Her version, though, is much different. It is. It's very arms only. Once again. Oh yeah. These people are all over the floor. I mean like the more outrageous and smooth you can make the moves then I think the
0: better you do. Yeah. If you can make outrageously awkward moves from one transition to the next very smooth that's that's your yeah you
1: will rule this art form.
0: Can we talk about the furniture in this documentary? There was at one point I don't remember who was on the couch talking about God knows what all I could look at was the couch, which had the brown flowers and barns on it. (laughs) And and I'm like, everybody owned that couch or some version of it in the 80s. I promise you. I mean,
1: I I would be interested. I think this kind of goes back to the houses because there actually had to have been some houses, some housing. I mean, they were street gangs, which sort of implies that there's not like a dorm that everybody lives in, but, you know, like Phi <laughs> Beta Kappa, right? but there had to have been some kind of communal spot because I think that's where that conversation took place. Yeah. I would kind of like to talk about the structure of the houses. Like we talked about the founder mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. so you're a founder, whatever the criteria is for you to be able to found your own house, but then- the next generation is legendary. Is that how you understood it? And then the next generation after that; those are the legendary children. And then after that, there's the upcoming legendary children.
0: Listen, I need a flowchart. Okay, I don't that's know. what I literally drew myself. I <laughs> I love that. I thought legendary was like like you had to walk and win X amount of yes. balls to be considered yes. legendary. It wasn't just like a tenure thing,
1: right? So you had to attain a level Cody mm-hmm. Fingers legend and then whether or not you were part of a house, like, right, like, it seems like maybe the houses are much like, uh much like sororities and fraternities. There's like a, mm. a rush period and like, ooh, you're eligible <laughs> and like you're a, a candidate that might attract good attention to their house. So they like,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: invite you to come in and join their house, which basically means you get the last name, like you can add the house mm-hmm. name to as your last name,
0: a family name. Yep.
1: But like I said, it's, you know, you're a legendary. It seems like the legendaries in this space were also house mothers, house fathers, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. People who had contributed in some way and kind of were well known. And then the children that came in after you, those were the upcoming legendary children or whatever so I thought it was really interesting because I didn't I wish they would have put a flow chart up for my dumb ass but nonetheless <laughs> I had to kind of piece it together on my own with my tiny lady brain so
0: oh I remember them saying is that you know originally the founders were legendary like yes. they were these people who had been in the scene and they decided to, to form these houses mm-hmm. but later on people decided to form houses just to form them, and then worked on the status, right? right? So instead of getting status first and then forming a house, they're like, no, we're going to get these people together and we'll work our way mm-hmm. up. So it had kind of evolved over time. Sure. A couple of things that were discussed in this were, most of them want to be famous of some oh, sort. Yeah. They all discussed wanting to be either a dancer or an actor or a model. Mm-hmm. Octavia Saint Laurent. Yep she discussed wanting to be like a model and it breaks my heart one, because I doubt most of them were ever really accepted into mainstream society, yep. even though some of these women were just stunning. Oh my beautiful. God. Yeah. At one point, Octavia is like showing her room and she has these posters of models all over her room. Mm-hmm. There was a poster of like four mm-hmm. models together and she's like, look, they all have their own look. Honestly, Aaron, They all look the exact same to me.
1: I think Cindy Crawford was on that picture, but they could have put her in there four times. And I would not have been. I was like, oh, I think that's, you know, and then. But yeah, they were all skinny white girls.
0: With brownish, light brownish, dark blondish. hair. They all looked exactly Mm -hmm. the same. I could not pick one out of the crowd. (laughs) And I thought, bless her heart that she can see nuance in that. She must be better at this than I am Mm -hmm. because... Honestly, she, to me, was so much more attractive because she looked unique versus, Mm -hmm. and she was beautiful, but she didn't look like every other person up there. And that's Mm -hmm. what I find attractive more so than cookie cutter. But I also understand that, like you said, we want to belong and part of belonging is blending. Mm -hmm. And so you don't necessarily want to stand out.
1: Yeah, and they show Octavia goes to a model search or a model Mm. call or whatever you want to call that. And there's just one billion girls there. White girls, mostly, yes. Yeah. They do show the girl that played Lisa from Coming to America. Yep, I saw her. Yeah, and I don't know you know, when that came, like, had she done the movie, had she not done the movie, but she's talking to the different models and are talking about the process and, mm-hmm. you know, how they choose a girl and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, it's just like, I can't imagine the competition, you know, for, for very few spots.
0: I don't know. I can't imagine being a judge and looking at all of these people who look exactly the fucking same <laughs> and saying, well, yes. that one looks better than the other one. I just, right. I don't understand how they do it, but they have a mm. better eye than I do. I get that. Can we talk about Willie Ninja? I cannot wait to talk about <laughs> Willie Ninja, <laughs> okay. the founder of the House of Ninja, and he's a mother of the house, and he's very masculine.
1: Yes, I like the fact that he talks about well, he went about it the around the way way that you just described, like he's famous he in this you know scene and outside, but he was like the voger, right? He's mm-hmm. one of the fathers of vogue if you will and so that's sort of how he got the street cred going for his house mm-hmm. and he was like oh, our house is called ninja because we like to assassinate everybody and i'm like <laughs> all right my my dude that's you know he's amazing though he was amazing
0: right yeah he also taught women how to be more feminine so he had like a class yes yes essentially think Barbazon or something like that. <laughs> Most yeah. people probably will not even get that reference. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But he had discussed how women in New York tend to be a little bit harder. And mm-hmm. he wanted to make them soft. And he's right. like, he said, because it's more attractive to men. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, so tough. Yeah. He kept going. And he said, because in a man's world, A woman has to be able to use her feminine wiles to get what she needs out of them. Like, so essentially Mm -hmm. to manipulate men, to give you what you need. Mm -hmm. I don't agree that we should have to do that, but I understand it. So he was trying Mm -hmm. to empower women to be able to get what they need, not cater to men. How it originally came out. Right. It's more
1: of a leveling of the playing field, right? Mm -hmm. We have power of our own. We will use it to our advantage. I think it's tough for us nowadays to remember that, or or maybe not. Women have traditionally, I mean, we've always been kind of left from the table, right? We don't have the same opportunities as men. So we're sort of forced into this position. You know, then we're kind of told we're horrible for taking advantage of what we can. So an interesting dynamic.
0: Well, you can't win. If you're too harsh, or even even you don't have to be harsh, if you're too... Abrupt or whatever, then you're aggressive. But yep. if you're not, or if they perceive you as too feminine, then you just you're you couldn't possibly do this role because you're just right not smart enough as a lady or whatever. You just there's no winning, right? So <laughs> no, there really is do not. what you gotta do, ladies. Later on, you see that he has clearly been successful. He has traveled, he's gone to Paris, he went to Japan, which is was his goal. He wanted to be able to take his family mm-hmm. to Japan since they were ninjas but he became quite successful at choreographing other people's Mm -hmm. music videos. He was in music videos and doing dance with people. And he really seemed to have done fairly well for himself. Agreed. He
1: wanted to be an international star. I think that he was able to do quite a bit of that. I I think he doesn't have the household recognition, perhaps, that he wanted in the long term. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's really associated with kind of the movement itself and trying to, you know, bring it to the forefront. So I really, I admire him a ton for that. Right. And he also talks about the ball scene starting to cool off and it was getting kind of boring. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting that he was sort of starting to make a distinction that maybe the ball scene wouldn't be around forever.
0: Right. I did not look to see if it was still a thing, if it's like a real thing or just maybe a, a fun thing for Pride Month or anything like mm-hmm. that. I don't know.
1: I did look up a few things at the end as kind of a wrap-up, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that the House of Extravaganza is still in existence as far as what Wikipedia told me today. Wow. Yes, but I, they didn't specifically mention the balls, you know, so I, I don't know what to say about that part.
0: Well, I like that they're still still around with Mm -hmm. At least at the time, Angie Extravaganza was the mother. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Also, there was at one point in time, Octavia is actually shopping at Yves Saint Laurent, and she holds up the most hideous outfit I've seen ever.
1: Was it black and gold? Yes. She loved it,
0: but she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's $600. And that's (laughs) $619.87. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, people paid way too much money for those ugly ass clothes in the 80s. They were so ugly.
1: Well, I also like the fact that it kind of flips back and forth. There's some street footage of just people walking around in New York City, and they would show women. Again, we're talking about white women, white men, kind of what they were wearing. And sort of this is what people are striving to do. They're striving to look like they have some wealth in New York City, which is... Got to be a feat, right? Mm-hmm. But what she held up is really representative of what your crystals or your Lexuses from Dynasty would have been wearing. So
0: yeah, that was the style and it was gaudy as fuck. So yes, the clothes in the 80s were extremely gaudy, especially wealthy women's clothes. Were mm-hmm. extre- it's like the more gaudy, the more expensive. That was probably the general rule. And don't you think it's kind of,
1: in some degree, it stayed the same, right? I'm thinking of the guy in Tender Swindler that had, like, (laughs) the Gucci shirts that were just, like, oh, they were so horrible. And I don't understand. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you're going to dress wealthy, like, that level, you're just going to look like Grandma's couch forever. (laughs) So, ugly
0: brown flowers in barns. Yeah. Gotcha
1: hmm
0: Also, I made a comment that they held some of these balls at like elk lodges. <laughs> yes. That doesn't seem like the type of thing that an elk lodge would do, but I guess maybe they just needed the money or another thing. Okay, so right, we don't talk about
1: who puts the bill for this. I was very impressed by the level of mm-hmm. trophies. Jesus, they have a ton of trophies. Right, and some are like two stories tall. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was like, Can you imagine "Oh my god!" Walking okay. home with that, like carrying it <laughs> down the
0: street. Oh, uh, how obnoxious! I guess. But it could could be a weapon in New York City. You need a weapon, so
1: maybe they maybe you could take them apart or something. But I was just like, that where where do that
0: money come from <laughs> to know. do this? I do not know. They also talk about how a lot of the Trans women or queens Mm -hmm. work as escorts or they hustle and that was a way to make money. Yep, It was dangerous. It still is dangerous work. Sex work always is, unfortunately. But if you're trans, it can be extremely dangerous. Venus extravaganza Mm -hmm. was one of those who was a trans woman, not fully transitioned yet. But she discussed being threatened after men found out, Mm -hmm. threatening to kill her. She had to like run out of the room and had decided to stop doing tricks Mm -hmm. for her safety. And also this was the time of AIDS, which wasn't safe. Unfortunately, she still ended up getting murdered. She was found underneath a bed in like a dirty hotel I don't know that they ever figured out who killed her. They did not. It remains unsolved. Yeah. They just assumed it was probably a... A John of yes. some kind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's heartbreaking.
1: Again, when you leave people no other options, and they still, you know, it's still somehow her fault, right? <laughs> I mean, right. And I think that's especially tragic because for the documentary, she talks about you know, I just want to marry somebody. I want to get married in a church. I mm-hmm. want to, um, she wants to be famous. I mean, everybody does. And she wants to move to like the Poconos or Florida and live with the man that she loves mm-hmm. and just have a life. Mm-hmm. Just to be
0: taken care of and loved. Yes.
1: Yes. And she does discuss that the sex is not always a have to do right. Like sometimes they're just men that mm-hmm. want the company and they want to, you know, be seen with a pretty mm-hmm. girl and you go out to dinner and they give you money to buy a cute dress and some new shoes and you know, some of that kind of stuff. So now whether or not she's putting on a, you know, kind of telling a fairy tale to the camera, I could not say she definitely says, well, 99% of the time. And then she says 95% of the time. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> But yeah, I yeah. mean, here we are with the most, you know, some vulnerable people in the population and they have no options like that, you know, that I'm sure they don't mm-hmm. want to talk to the cops and, you know, that's, it's problematic in sex work, I guess. I don't know.
0: Right. And I think especially for trans women, if you yes. haven't transitioned, there's a certain category of men who want that but then are disgusted with themselves for of that and take it out on the trans woman. I can only assume
1: that's men who drive white trucks. That's my new... I guess that's probably it.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah. It just fucking sucks. Yeah. Because she was a beautiful woman and just wanted a good life. She was 23 when
1: mm-hmm. she died. When she was murdered. She's so... just a baby. Yeah. And Angie Extravaganza, who's again the house mother for Mm -hmm. House Extravaganza, she was the one who was notified that, and are that um, Venus. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That she was about to be cremated because nobody had claimed her remains. And so Angie was the one who got to inform her family of kind of her fate, which Mm -hmm. is just terrible. Of course, they kicked her out in the first place, but you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's always regret after the fact, right? Right, right. So, anyway, that's I don't know, kind of a poignant moment at the very end that you find out that I don't know, there's real violence here. Yeah, it's not just a concept, right? It's not just out there. It's you know affects the people that you've seen on camera, and it's and they're real people,
0: and they have real feelings, and yeah, and I would like to think that what is that, twenty five years ago, thirty five years ago. Jesus, I'm old, <laughs> that we would have come farther than we have. Girl, we going backwards I know. at this point. I fucking yeah. know. I know. <laughs> Just know, everyone out there, if you're part of the any of the LGBTQIA plus community, that we are a safe mm-hmm. space. Not that you yep. know us, but that's all I got.
1: Yeah. I mean, you may not know us, but there are people who are on the right side of this, hopefully. I know we're trying to put the right message out there. Mm-hmm. So. Hopefully we'll get somewhere good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just know that if you need a hug from a mom, I'm I'm on your side. I will right. totally give you a big fat hug. We'll have a drink together. It'll be great. I'll come to your wedding. I'll give you away. Right? Whatever yes. you
0: need. Whatever That's you right. need. That's right. I'll tell you I'm proud of you. <laughs> and mean <Yeah>. it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Speaking of trans, I do want to discuss a little bit. Pepper had talked about being a man who emulates a woman. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I don't menstruate. I've never had a kid. I don't have any of those Mm -hmm. problems. I emulate a woman. And he Mm -hmm. never wanted to actually become a woman. Right. He makes kind of a grand statement of he thinks that some trans women want to become a woman permanently, like have the surgery, Mm -hmm. because they think it will be easier. And then they might regret it later that was an interesting thought coming from someone in the community because then you see these other trans women who had completed surgery and she was like, Oh, thank God. I am a woman now. I feel like I have always been, you know, and Mm -hmm. now it's complete and I don't have to hide anything and I can just be who I am. And, Mm -hmm. and how happy she was compared to what Pepper was saying. And I think that really proves that even within the queer community, trans people can be really looked down upon and not understood. Yeah. Even amongst who they consider part of their, part of their community, right?
1: Yeah. If you know the Stonewall story at all, like I just listened to a podcast on, on the Stonewall Uprising and mm-hmm. it's sort of the same thing. Like there was a time early in the movement for gay rights that people wanted you to look a certain way. They wanted you to look not too different. hmm Because they're trying to get traction with the straight, dominant culture. You know, they kind of talk about, it's just difficult when you look different. It's Mm -hmm. it's just hard when you're considered calling attention to the wrong parts of this. I mean, I just think it's human nature to judge. And, you know, even within that community, practicing tolerance is difficult. So, yeah, it's just not perfection.
0: So, I don't know. I don't know. I think my takeaway is let people do what they want to do they're not harming anybody else mm-hmm. as long nope. as they're not harming anybody else I don't give a yep. fuck yep. I just don't understand it it has zero effect on my life mm-hmm. if someone else wants to become a woman or a man or and we've discussed before that there's a TikTok where someone's like oh well you, you straight women won't be happy when trans women can start giving birth to babies I don't think any single woman that I know Is going to begrudge Mm -hmm. any other person. Here, take my uterus. I'm done with it. (laughs) Have at it. It's it's worked. Yeah. No, none of us. None of us care. Let someone else do it.
1: Yeah. I just think it's a long way to go. Like, just having sexual reassignment surgery sounds like a ton of work and money and all those kinds of things. It's not like a thing you just do on a whim.
0: It's not a flippant decision. (laughs)
1: Right. Right. There's a lot of things you have to do to qualify for it. I I mean, I can't imagine trying to pay for something like that because I Mm. doubt it's covered by insurance. I don't know that for a fact, but I just don't think it's something that people do for attention.
0: No, no. Most people don't want that kind of attention.
1: Yes. And so I think that there's probably a vast majority of people who who do it who are glad that they did it. I think it's one of those handy things that people like to tell themselves, like, if you get a sexual reassignment surgery, you're gonna regret it later.
0: Okay. I I don't know. It's not my job to say. They say the same thing about everything that they don't agree with. Yeah. Right. If you get an abortion, you regret it later. I'll tell the world now, I have had an abortion. I do not regret it. I was not in any place that I could have had a child at that point in time. Right. Period. Right. I've never regretted it. Was it an easy decision? Of course not. Oh my God. I can't imagine. But I don't regret it. And they're going to tell you that you will. And you know what? As long as you're happy in your skin, you do you.
1: Yeah. So I just, I also think anybody that really wants to become a woman, they're a brave individual, right? It's not all cracked up to be. (laughs)
0: absolutely if a man wants to give up their status as a man mm-hmm. to become a second class mm-hmm. citizen as a woman yeah especially if you're a person of color yeah women are already below men women of color yeah unfortunately at the very bottom of that list so treated like the worst mm-hmm. so if you never want to get good medical care again you want to be treated as stupid <laughs> you know yeah angry teckled, or mm-hmm.
1: you know somehow incompetent in every way please Mm -hmm. join our ranks (laughs) you know what I mean like and if you can do it in heels then you're better than me well then you're obviously you've really got it going on (laughs) so yeah it's I liked this documentary it was shot in an interesting way like I would not say I mean it's definitely something of its time, right? I don't, it wasn't as polished, I think, as Mm -hmm. documentary scene out, I guess is what I'm trying to get out there. The subject matter is fascinating. Mm -hmm. The people are so engaging and, you know, you really want to just, I don't know. It's just really nice to see the complexity of people, you know, that are doing this kind of in this world. So I I really liked that part about it. I do have a few follow-up things to mention. If you want to hear about that.
0: I do. I'm I'm guessing one or two of them are the same things I have. Go ahead. Okay, cool.
1: So um, we did discuss a little bit about Willie Ninja. He did find some fame. I do believe that he died early. I don't have the specific details on that, but most of the cats in this did not live very long. I think Dorian was the one who lived the longest and lived to be in her 50s. But Willie died, I think, around the age of 45. And I'm not sure if he was an AIDS-related case or not. I believe that he was. Octavia St. Laurent, she was an American model. They had a credit for her as a singer, but I didn't really get a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. She died from cancer at the age of 45. Oh. Yeah. Pepper dies around the age of 45 as well. That is an AIDS-related incident. Mm -hmm. Angie Extravaganza, same story. She dies of an AIDS-related liver thing, which I was like, oh, okay, well, that a little bit different anyway, but yeah, none of these guys lived very long. Mm-mm. So I think that speaks something too. like, it's just, you know, they're, they're in a tough spot. So I think
0: in this day and age where we have so many different medicines to help those who have AIDS and HIV live longer, live healthy mm-hmm. lives and be able to have complete lives without really fearing about the transmission of it as much. Sure. People forget how horrible it was in the 80s and it didn't even affect my life directly right yeah but if you were in the gay community i've heard people discuss how every week you would lose someone that you loved or oh my lose God. someone that you knew it was horrible yeah yep. all the time people were dying from this mm-hmm. and unfortunately people a lot of them it's not like they were just out there getting crazy a lot of them had it before they really knew what it was or what was mm-hmm. going on or how it was transmitted and then it just took a while for them to realize they had it. They didn't have the testing in place. And by then you've mm-hmm. passed it on. It, it was just a really difficult time for people in that community. I can't even imagine how horrible it was. Damn.
1: And let's not forget the fact that, you know, the political scene around this was a blame game. <sighs> it was a, I don't know, farce of not acknowledging, not mm-hmm. trying to help. They were victimized here, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how how horrible it would feel to know that people in power were pretty much just accepting that this was mm-hmm. a thing. Like it was really doing them a favor by right. going out and causing havoc in a population that people don't want to acknowledge, which is so mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like we still are fearful to this day of HIV and AIDS because <laughs> during all the vaccine. And nonsense people were like, well, there's AIDS in the vaccine. And I'm like, that's oh a my stupid God. fucking argument. There's treatment for AIDS. But they went with something that would scare people. Yeah. And that is always going to be a big one. I mean, Gen Xers and the panic that surrounded that, mm-hmm. I think will will be with me for the rest of my life. So yeah, it's tragic. Yeah. Reagan
0: wouldn't even say the word. Oh, the yeah. It took time. forever for him to even yeah. acknowledge it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. To everyone me. out there. I was just a kid, but I still apologize for every white person ever. I don't know. Yes. It's just fucking horrible.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, people made a big splash when Ryan White died, right? Like, cause he was a kid, he had hemophilia. Mm-hmm. And so he got it from a blood transfusion and mm-hmm. that made a difference. Then it got kind of brought to the forefront of, uh, white America. So.
0: Right. If now it's affected us. So we might be able to do something about it. Right,
1: so like I said, a lot of the folks here, I think they had some extra vulnerabilities, uh, not only being mm-hmm. part of ignored population, but you know, we know that there was some food insecurity, there was some housing insecurity for for people. Mm-hmm. Maybe as you got a little older and you kind of figured it out, you were a little bit more stable. But I bet you that that's not always the case. And so right. I, I think they had some extra things that they were trying to deal with, and um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Longevity is not really part of this this discussion. So, right. Mm-hmm.
0: You did mention Dory and Corey. Yes, she died in 1993. Mm-hmm. When they were going through her things, found a preserved body. Yeah, I wondered if you were going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was found amongst her belongings. It appeared that he had died from a gunshot wound, and he had been dead for at least 25 years, I believe. When I've read about it or listened to podcasts about it in the Mm -hmm. past, it is thought that he might've been an abusive ex and in the heat of the moment he was shot. But then the fact that she preserved him and kept him and no one knew like this documentary, when they're filming Dorian, she's just putting her makeup on getting ready. It looks like it's Mm -hmm. in her house. This dead body was there (laughs) while they were filming it. Right. Right. That's
1: also a famous story, right? So, Mm -hmm. but that is, let's, so let's talk a little bit about why she might have done something like that. I think that it's true that people would not have believed her. I think that she did this, this was a survival thing. And so again, we kind of come back to this thing of if you're a man and you're dating a trans woman That's a tough dynamic. Mm -hmm. I would like to think it's better in this day and age, but I don't know that that, that's, I don't know that people would know more than me would agree, but I, you know, I I can't imagine what would drive someone to preserve a body in like an old suitcase or whatever for years. Yeah. So fascinating. Mm -hmm.
0: It is. And you know what? I love that she never got caught. Yeah. Right. I feel bad for his family. He mm-hmm. seemed to, the last time they saw him was 1968 and they never knew what happened to him. So I feel bad for them. Sure. But he might've deserved it. I don't know the situation. <laughs> so.
1: It's an interesting twist at the end of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of drawn into a whole nother uh, crazy story. So.
0: Yep. But that's all I have. I loved the documentary. I'd seen it before a long mm-hmm. time ago. Oh, okay. And it was good to see it again. And. I think, I don't know, it's just nice to be able to appreciate the art as just that, as art.
1: Yeah, I agree. And this was the first time I had seen it. I really enjoyed it. And I liked the picture of joy that it painted. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't always get that part of the story. But yeah, these people are artistic and complicated and just lovely. And um, Mm -hmm. it was neat. It was neat to watch. So Mm -hmm. anyway, you want to talk about next week? I do. Score. What are we doing next week? <laughs> okay. So we're going to do Body Snatchers of New York. This is a prime choice. I mean, like, as it, it's on Amazon Prime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also a prime choice.
1: <laughs> yes. It's about an hour long. But yeah, this is supposed to be a very interesting story. Kind of a organ trade situation in fairly modern times so Mm -hmm. i i don't know the story i'm super pumped about it but yeah we'll have to thank megan for again turning us on to Mm -hmm. another gym she also recommended final member so you you know it's gonna be good (laughs) (laughs) yeah right so right so she's got quite a rep of she's got high quality yes Mm -hmm. yeah
0: I feel like if we just stay in New York for all of Pride Month, then. That's <laughs> yeah.
1: To get all the good stories. I mean, the city that never sleeps is probably seeing anything or two. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't hate that they're capturing them. So we'll have you please rate, review and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Godock Yourself. And occasionally on my dog's account. Cause I don't know how to post things appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> good stuff we did get a ton of likes though and i was like all right i'm not upset about this me either so um...
0: this probably <laughs> listens to the podcast i don't see a problem
1: he does i would not say it's always willing because sometimes he's like he's <laughs> laugh a lot like that's what his face <laughs> does to me and i'm like stop me a judgy <laughs> so anyway yeah thanks for uh thanks for listening everyone <laughs> thanks
0: everyone we will talk to you next week you all, <laughs> all right later bye My